1: this is a podcast from Minute Media.
0: What's up, y'all? Welcome to The Stack. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And on The Stack, we talk about a bunch of comic books that have come out this week. And we're going to kick it off with one that hits me. Right in the right spot. The Human Target, number one from DC Comics, written by Tom King, art by Greg Smallwood. Now, as you probably figured out from the credits, this is the latest and greatest book from Tom King as he continues to deconstruct the icons of the DC Universe. In this case, the Human Target, the guy who dresses up with other people and lets them shoot, get shot at, uh in this issue the big twist here is that he is going to die in 12 days and he only has that time to figure out who murdered him what did you guys think about this and particularly in relationship to a lot of the other stuff that's been coming out from tom king from strange adventures to rorschach and everything beyond
2: I think this is great. I mean Tommy King is able to just find these uh DC comics characters that have an emo an unmined emotional hook and just he's like, I bet he has a list. I bet he has a spreadsheet where he's just got the like, Okay, let's do this one, let's do this one, let's do uh uh let's do now human target, and here we are. Um
1: Working our way I, down I that spreadsheet.
2: Great. I think it's great. What's, who else is on that list is what my curiosity is. Because, I mean, this is very much like Strange Adventures. It, it, it uh, has the, Rorschach. It has that, like, let me get inside this character's head, find out what's fun, funny about them, but also what is the sort of trauma, what is the emotional core that keeps them doing this, when you look at it, wildly ridiculous thing um, as their sort of life's work.
1: Yeah, I mean this is Tom King, Tom Kinging the shit out of this. Uh I think it's, you know, uh I think his writing style is unique and cool and pulls the reader in. You know, sometimes it gets a little sad like in Vision, but like I so far this has been great. I so far as the first issue. Uh yes, I agree. This is yeah, really good. Greg so far. <laughs> This
0: is Greg Smallwood's art is really good. Uh the layouts do seem very similar. Two strange adventures, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Tom King's characterization, as always, is very good. But I'll just throw this out there. There's a little part of me that is like, can we... What what is going on with you, Tom King, in this particular era of DC comic book characters? Because we've already had him take down Wally West. We've had him take down Mr. Miracle. We've had him take down Adam Strange. Now we're getting the Justice League International, and it's kind of like... I I don't know. It's not... It doesn't feel like he's hitting the same beat over and over yet because they're all unique stories. They're all unique focuses. They're all structured in very different ways, and they're all really smartly written. But there's something about it that repetitive is too strong, but I'm certainly starting to feel like... I I don't know how to describe this without it sounding stronger than I mean it. Like uh, the words that keep coming to mind are agenda and things, and that's definitely not what it is. So much as why this era, why keep drumming on this, why keep poking holes in these specific heroes, why well, the Alps, Alps,
2: man, why the Alps, man? I think this is it's because these these heroes and these characters are heroes. unpoked. Um, Mm -hmm. I think I think these these characters, there is an emotional underbelly that I think is unexplored. And he's like, if you look at this, if you think about this, there's something to it. And I I think we'll find that in this comic as well. There's something here. There's something to explore. Um, And I think he he likes to take characters and just uh, like turn them over, like turn over the rocks and see what's underneath Mm -hmm. uh, and revealing stuff that we never thought was there. I mean, that's one of my favorite things about comics is finding
0: out that there are bugs underneath the characters, you know, oh, and you're like, gross. I love
1: what?
2: finding bugs.
1: Mm-hmm. What?
0: If you, like, this is true, actually, they don't show the bottom of Batman's feet a lot. But if you turn them upside down, there's like those little pill bugs, uh,
2: like uh, the little round ones under there. They're gross. Yeah, Superman crawling with bedbugs. No one talks about it, but that guy is just a a super spreader of Mm -hmm. bedbugs.
0: Uh, uh, Absolutely true. But regardless, very well done book. Let's turn and talk about New number one from Image Comics, written by Chip Zdarsky and Nadia Shamus, art by Jacob Phillips and Zaid Youssef Aynob. This is a book that we talked about a lot on our live show. We had Chip Zdarsky on to talk all about it. It's great. It's a great crime book. Super well drawn, super well done. Very twisty. And we didn't touch on this much because I didn't really want to spoil any of the twists and turns. But the mystery that he lays out here is really good. Like the turn at the end is so smart. And I thought the structure was great. What did you guys
2: think?
1: Yeah, I mean, after talking to uh, Sudarski, you can tell that the artist is the real driving force. No, I I think that this is just really unbelievable storytelling in uh, such an interesting way that like you have this character that you don't know if you like or not, but man, is he taking care of business. So it's kind of hard not to be on his side. Uh, but yeah, the twists and turns and the, the way that this kind of new character kind of goes about things is so intriguing. It pulls you into this kind of like, uh, uh, mob world kind of thing. Uh, I cannot wait for more. This is such a great first issue gives you just enough to kind of like be like, oh man, this could be huge. So I'm very excited for this.
2: Yeah, we talked about this a lot on the live show, but like uh, a character uh, with sort of fuzzy good guy versus bad guy intentions in a world where everyone's a little bit fuzzy. Uh, in I a world. In a world is very fun. And um, the art is beautiful. Um, I said this also like big Michael Clayton vibes, if you're a fan of that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and just like Kronk. Just general crime. Uh, if you're a
1: fan causes, of crime, that, you know. Mm-hmm. If, if you're a, a criminal
2: crime, looking for Michael a good Clayton, crime. Michael Clayton,
0: a movie we've all seen and needs no description. Either yeah. of those things. Check it out. It's great, though. Definitely check it out. Next up, my bad. Number one from Ahoy Comics, written by Mark Russell, Bryce Ingman, and Scott Morris, art by Peter Krause. This book is very purposely cheeky, like a lot of Ahoy Comics books, launching a new superhero universe that feels very similar to some previous superhero universes. I had a fun time reading this, as I do with most of Mark Russell's books, and I always really like Peter Krause's art quite a bit. But how did it strike you guys?
1: Uh, I, yeah, this got kind of meta, but it's just so creative and fun. Like, just the, the fun panels in between, like the old back of the magazine where you order stuff, like the squirrel monkey and the starter jetpack. Just great. Um, uh, yeah, this is there's a lot of like winks and like, hey, count gets real meta, but I, I still enjoy it, and you know. You kind of get the title, you know it's going to happen, and it delivers. It delivers on it.
2: <laughs> it delivers on your bad. Yeah, it, my bad is good. My good.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Wow, my put good. it on the put it on the trade. Um, this strikes me as like sort of an, a very like classic Archie double digest take on some superhero stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like. S- scenarios we've seen superheroes in with some with some fun jokes, um, surprising twists and turns, a series of shorts like this is what Mark Russell first was doing when he got into the game, and then he's gone into to doing some different stuff, uh, more more satire, more like like political satire, or just like some straight superhero storytelling over in the, the Fantastic Four book he worked on, um, but. This feels like a return to that original form. And I just want I want more comedy in comics. In general.
0: Yeah. Good time. Good time all around. Next up, the opposite of comedy, Dark Knights of Steel, number one from DC Comics, written by Tom Taylor, art by Yasmine Putri. And I don't say that as a doc at all. This is just Tom Taylor, again, coming up with a dark take on a superhero universe. In this case, what if and this is a twist right from the beginning of the issue, but what if Superman's parents landed in medieval times and gave birth to Superman then? And I don't mean the restaurant. I actually mean the actual time period oh, changes. Yeah, I know. Oh, oh. If they landed in medieval times, they'd be like, one turkey leg, please, is oh, what they come would on, say. it's large beer gonna... <laughs> for me. This essentially plays out as Tom Taylor 1602 is what it sort of feels like here for the DC Universe. Uh, what was your guys' take? Uh,
2: yes. Um, I, that was the reference I was going to make as well. But let me say, I think 1602 was a little too cute um, with it, the Ooh. way the story was told, I feel like. Not to knock a book that is truly 15 years old, perhaps maybe <laughs> yeah. longer. Uh, which I did like. Uh, but this feels a little bit more propulsive. It feels a little bit less in love with itself and just like Wow, ow. Pete, having 1602 on hand. Don't talk about it. At all it. times. Oh my goodness. Um I, I, I like this a lot. And at the end reveal, good. Very Were good. you
0: just reading 1602 or was it
1: random? What was going on? How is that so close to you, Pete? Uh, I always have 16-on-2 ready. I feel like uh, I, I really love the art in this. Uh, I mean, we've seen Batman, uh, Superman, to origin story told so many times. Uh, but this is interesting. Um, you know, Green Arrow's cold as shit in this book. I mean, damn. Uh, but I I feel like as a first issue, it did a great job of, like, kind of getting you sucked into this world and uh, I'm in I'm, I'm excited to see uh, how this kind of all unfolds I was
0: I was already in it because of Tom Taylor who can sure. do no wrong at this point but the last two things that happened which I won't spoil here but one is a surprising twist for a character the second one is a very dark twist in terms of what happens that made me wow. much more excited for the second issue Let's jump over to Archie Comics with Chili Adventures in Sorcery. Number one, written by Elliot Rahal, Evan Stanley, Amy Chu, Pat and Tim Kennedy. Art by Vincenzo Frederici, Evan Stanley and Derek Charm, Pat and Tim Kennedy. This is three short stories with a wraparound device of Madame Satan traveling to hell. There's some twists there. There's some dark, gross stuff that happened, um, but it's just a... Just a fun late Halloween special, even though it's happening in November. Uh, Pete, I know you're not a big fan of the Archie stuff, but there's some spooky, scary stuff that happens here. How'd you feel?
1: You love horror. I, I, I... I uh, I don't love horror, but this was fun. I really liked this. Um, you know, love a good jughead. Uh, uh, you know, cheeseburger eating contest. I I think this. You know, they did a good enough job with giving you kind of what you think with the title, and then kind of having some other fun throughout. Uh, but the wraparound kind of kept things grounded and kind of kept things like you what know, this is what this is about. So I appreciated it. Yeah, I thought this was a great package. You, you get a lot, uh, a lot of bang with your buck here.
2: Um, how did you feel about Jughead um, getting uh, really having a, an overeating and pay, paying a price for that?
1: Did he pay a price or was he living his best life? I don't know. He <laughs> seemed. He was murdered at the end. Well, uh, you know, he could live good, he got to eat well. What, what One of my favorite want...
0: things is at the end of Twilight Zone episodes where the characters say, I'm living my best life.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Every episode ended. Every that way,
0: episode, right?
1: it was so. I mean, repetitive. he. I don't know if he died. He, you know, he got maybe eaten, but you know, I don't know if he's dead. <laughs> oh, Entropy i world to... <laughs> where this character is living their best life.
2: I like the idea, Pete. That you're like, yeah, just because you're eating doesn't mean you're dead. That's right. You gotta get digested. You got some Boba Fett got, <laughs> got eaten tight. by this Sarlacc pit, and he's he's just got a whole chugging
0: new a off Yeah, kick kicking off December 29th. He's doing great.
2: Yeah, I can't wait for my clam chowder lunch spinoff special on Disney Plus. Uh, <laughs> after it survived my personal Sarlacc pit. Wow, <laughs> um, got a little clam chowder. Did you buy? I got chowder today and I yeah? really enjoyed it. Did you yeah, drive up to Baba? What happened? No, I drove over to my local Wegmans and bought a can of clam chowder. Oh, Wegmans no. brand. Food you feel good about. Believe me, oh, I love a chowder in all its forms. Wow. Um, <sighs> <sighs> Anyway, are we – wait, sorry. Is this the stack where we talk about different soups or is this the <laughs> comic book stack?
0: Comic Next book. up, Minestrone. <laughs> Ooh,
1: good – that like uh, a good Minestrone. <laughs> great
2: art. Great pasta shapes. Uh, shouts to the artist. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, talking about this comic, fun. Really, I was like, oh, I can't wait for more Sabrina and um, I'm dying for afterlife with Archie if we will ever in our lifetimes get more Ooh, of that. yeah. Uh, because this definitely have felt put me teases in the right it. headspace for that. It teases it. teases yeah. me. I feel teased. Yes. Fun book, though.
0: Next up, oh. The Magic Order 2, number one from Image Comics, written by Mark Millar, art by Stuart Immonen. I'll tell you what, I was shocked that this was coming out. In case you don't remember, this was a big deal- in the typical Mark Millar fashion, coming out as the first part of the deal with Netflix. It was a Netflix original comic book. It was supposed to be in yes. development as a live-action series for Netflix. That never happened. And you may notice on the Magic Order 2 number one for Image Comics, there's no Netflix logo on there. So a lot of things have changed in the interim, including my memory of what happened to the first part of the Magic Order. But that all said, Stuart Eminen's art still great doesn't matter he's great oh. so good
2: uh i agree with you i did uh v- i only vaguely remembered what happened in the first run of this comic but i will say mark uh mark miller mark miller his um his comics are something where it's like occasionally i'm like hungry for a little nibble on this like <laughs> very like it, it's like eating um like pork rinds or something where you're like this isn't really good for me, but I crave it every now and again. <laughs> throw, it, throw it in your mouth, chew it up. And that's this is, like, that opening sequence where it's, like, a bunch of uh, magicians, and they're like, let's be bad, and they just kill, horrifyingly kill a bunch of random people. I'm like, Jesus, dude. And that's the, what his flavor is. And um, I, li- I did like this issue. I enjoyed reading this issue. He knows how to hit the sort of, Uh, points in parts of your brain that want this uh and and i will read more of this
1: yeah it's definitely over the top it's very intense um but there's some interesting kind of stuff happening um yeah i'm a sucker for magic and stuff like that so yeah uh i thought this was uh you know there was some uh stuff i was like man but Overall, really liked it, and uh, we'll pick up the next issue
2: because your your love of magic goes back to when um, you were a child and David Copperfield made you
1: disappear famously. Oh, uh, no, that was you, you oh, fucking nut. Right. Don't <laughs> not flex on me, bro.
2: <laughs> that was me. I always forget, I always confuse me and you.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next up, The Swamp Thing number nine from DC Comics written by Ram, The Art by Mike Perkins. In this issue, we are finally out of the Suicide Squad crossover and instead focusing back on the Swamp Thing character. Now, I have a question for you guys. Here we go. In this issue, there's a guy who seems to have captured some old, decrepit body of a Swamp Thing or something like that. We don't exactly know. He seems to be wanting to use it for nefarious means and to lure our current Swamp Thing over there. And instead, he gets a creature, not of the green, but of the red, who it's revealed or it's mentioned in this issue is this Swamp Thing's brother. Did we know that already? Did we know that that was his brother? Do we know he had a brother?
2: Yes, we learned okay. about that I th- either last issue or the issue before that his brother. Was okay, all right.
0: I, I must have just forgotten that in the shuffle. But overall, as usual, Mike Perkins' art in particular is than freaking tastic in this yeah. book, particularly the battle sequences. As the brother comes in are amazing to look at,
1: yeah. Really it's beautiful. interesting, uh, you know, the, the bro fight, you know. Um, but yeah, it'll, it'll be, it'll be. Oh, <laughs> well, you
2: really went to a place there, Pete, for a second,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, there's, uh, there's a lot of uh, you know, sibling rivalries, a lot of sibling fighting, so it's nice to see it happening here our bros just throwing it down but uh yeah the art's the real hero here I, I the story is is kind of uh getting more and more interesting and i'm getting more and more into it um i really like this run uh
2: i f- i don't know if it's a popular run or if people are reading it but it is it is a good swamp thing run um we're getting into touching on the world and uh, branching out into new territory while telling an emotional story with a brand new Swamp Thing character. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, like you said, the art is beautiful.
1: Now, are you worried about the brother? Cause you know, you have a brother who some would say is cooler than you. Do you think that like, this is going to be an issue in, in Swamp Thing where Swamp Thing's got to worry about his cooler brother, like taking over his mantle?
2: Well, my brother, as you know, is um, the avatar of the cool, and I'm the avatar of the (laughs) lame. So, uh, yes, we will do battle at some point. And uh, beware the world where the lame wins, Pete.
0: (laughs) Next up, A Thing Called Truth, number one from Image Comics, written by Iolando Zanfardino, art by Elisa Ramboli. In this book, a doctor hits, well, scientist hits rock bottom and ends up in some interesting new circumstances. Pete, you love this book. Talk about it.
1: Yeah, I think this is interesting. Like we have this kind of like classic tale of a scientist working on something, how ethical is it? I don't know. I'm trying to do new things, uh uh you know, discover new uh, exciting uh cures and uh, ways to save the earth. But, oh, no, now, you know, a big corporation is going to take over my findings and I don't own anything, even though I did all the work. And what do I do? I go to a bar. Classic tale. We've all been there. But what is interesting is like kind of what happens after that and the partner that she gets and kind of the madness that ensues. That's got me so excited about this. I also really like the title um kind of chasing the truth of uh of uh, this discovery. So uh, I think this has a a lot of potential and I think as a number one they do a great job of setting up this world and uh giving us just enough uh kind of different takes on stories we heard before to kind of get you excited. Plus jumping a bridge, whoo. That's that's going to be some that's crazy stuff. Level, yeah. Yeah. Uh next level um
2: fun. When is a character in a book going to hit rock top? You know, Ooh, really just wow. like, really have a lot of, really have a it success. It doesn't happen. Really,
0: yeah. Concrete? Uh, Concrete, he kind of hit rock top a couple of times.
2: Wow. That's it. <laughs> you proud of yourself through, for that? Those later issues. Nope. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, this is fun. Yeah, I don't know what the story is yet, uh, really. Just like fun uh, partying. So nope. Well, and no, and the it's other it's thing, problems. probably important
0: to mention, I believe this is a German book, or at the very least, it's a translation. So hmm. there was certainly a bit of it where I was reading it. And I was like, what is the syntax that's going on here? This is weird. I think it's because of the translation. I, I agree with you. The I, cartooning.
1: I, I also oh. think it's pronounced Hermann, not German.
0: <laughs> All right. Moving no, be, on. Be Arkham City. having a laugh. <laughs> Pete, have a laugh
1: on. on that one.
0: <laughs> Arkham City, The Order of the World, number two from DC Comics, written by Dan Waters, art by Daddy. This is continuing the story of a breakout from Arkham Asylum. There is a doctor from Arkham Asylum who has teamed up with the Ten-Eyed Man. and In this issue, we find out the Ten-Eyed Man seems to know a lot about a bunch of other escaped folks from Arkham Asylum. Man, the art in this alone... So good So good in this the issue The art's not
2: alone Alex the art is not alone There are <laughs> words paired with this art
0: I didn't read uh, any of the words Because I was so focused on the art alone You know
2: um, Art I, alone
1: is worth picking it up <laughs>
2: This is one of my favorite books um that DC's doing right now. Wow. I think this is great. I feel like there are so many they've done this sort of like Arkham's loose, what do we what does that mean for Gotham City a, a number of times. And this one feels different and I like the take. Like it feels like we're actually getting the Arkham side of the characters and we're mm-hmm. getting into some weirder stuff. I appreciate it. Um the words alone are worth picking this up. Right? <laughs> Uh, I no, I we don't say that enough. We don't say that
1: enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's but, worth it for the staples alone. Nope. Nah, great no, great staples. I don't know about staples. I, I, I do think it's amazing I art. read it digitally, though,
0: just to mention, so I actually staple my computer screen each
1: time. The That's a great thing to do. Expensive. Very, Thank you. very smart. Uh, creepy characters, interesting story. Yeah, I agree with Justin. This is a lot of fun, and uh, I hope enough people are reading it and enjoying it. Do you agree with me as well? N- Never.
0: I said I think it's worth it for the art alone.
2: That's like a Pete phrase.
0: Yeah. It's like a thing you would say.
2: Yeah, but I didn't. <laughs> got me let me me throw this out, you will at some point (laughs) in this podcast
0: next up, crossover number 9 from Image Comics written by Donny Cakes art by Jeff Shaw, in this issue our characters have all been captured by the organization that is policing comic book characters that have escaped from a dome we get some big information and twists in this issue as well as of course more cameos and things going on Uh, this is the most inside baseball of inside baseball comic book titles. But, given that I know all this stuff, I'm having a blast reading it.
1: It's, you know, worth it for the background characters alone. I mean, just the fun (laughs) of, like, looking around and seeing. It's like, kind of has this men in black thing where they're kind of walking through you know, kind of the hub where all these uh, characters are being kind of taken and uh, uh, transition, so like, yeah, just the, the fun of looking at the panels is pretty amazing, but it gets meta, and it gets weird, and uh, yeah, and it's not stopping, it's turning up to 11, and then the kind of the last panel, you're just like, oh, wow, um, yeah, I, I think this is fun and crazy, and Kate's is really kind of delivering on the promise of this,
2: Gates. Um, yeah, this is a, it's a wild book there to your point, Alex, there's no other book like this on the stands, maybe ever like a a book that's this inside baseball and this like, uh, really eating the comic book industry itself, uh, where a reveal that like, you can only be a comic book fan and get the reveal in this issue. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's like. And the the uh, the bit about powers and, like, they dip into actual, like, and just speak at one yeah. point. But i got to say, like, it is fun. It's fun to sort of uh, be in the room where it happens and understand uh, the bits that are flying around.
0: It's almost and- like a s- slightly more serious take on a what the or something like
2: that, you know? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. It's yeah. like a what the as a series with, like, uh, some serious narrative intentions. Totally. But uh, I'm curious to see long
0: term whether Donnie has more to say about it. There's certainly a hint of that in this issue in terms of where he's going, because right now, at least in this issue, it feels a lot like a fun lark that he's doing. But I do think there's more underpinning it. There's more pathos. There's more tie to the characters. So still an exciting read, even though it's often purposefully very ridiculous. Next up, Batman. I, I wonder if Scott's going to be pissed when he reads this, you know? I'm I'm sure he will be. He'll be like, how dare you not tell me? No, yeah. I'm sure they read it by him. Uh, Batman number 116 from DC Comics, written by James Tynion and the Fourth, Becky Clunan and Michael W. Conrad. Art by Jorge Jimenez and Jorge Corona. We are, this is the second to last issue of Fear State, and some big stuff goes down here. Uh, and I'll tell you what, I'll just put it out there, I'm not totally feeling this crossover right now. I was See, you've been, been down beginning. on it. You've been
2: down on it for wow. a so while. I've been down on it,
0: but I'm curious to hear you guys and your take, and whether you're more into it than I am.
2: Ooh. I am more into it than you are. Like, I think this is big action figure storytelling, yeah. um, but and in introducing characters throwing a ton of characters uh, into the toy box and shaking it up. And I think as we've talked about in the past, it feels like you're a little bit frustrated by the sheer number of things that are happening all the time in this comic mm-hmm. it's, uh, uh... because it feels a little chaotic, but I do think that's a little bit the point of it. This is uh, James Tynan's like big chaotic crossover that he is going to, he's, this is his walk off sort of, big thing so he's he's out of here after this so I do think he is throwing absolutely everything at the wall and I like it I like the the fear state story I like the ideas at play here and I just like the action that is happening
1: Pete about you yeah this is getting huge I mean the unfolding of this and the also inclusion of these kind of like Gallery of other heroes and other people being involved. I mean, Batman is usually just kind of Batman going through it and then every once in a while he's like, hey, Robin, uh, I'm kind of miserable. And then, like, Robin helps him and then it's, like, it's solved. But this is really including a lot of different people, so... It's interesting, and also, it's getting bigger. I keep being like, okay, it's going to calm down, and then we'll kind of solve these things to work through it, but it just, it keeps amping up and up, and uh, it's getting crazy. See, I'm uh, but- the opposite way. I feel like it's actually getting smaller, if
0: anything, that it's focusing down on this conflict where, ultimately... Spoilers here, but Scarecrow seems undone pretty simply in this issue, and that returning to this mano a mano fight between Batman and Peacemaker is not as interesting to me as the city wide threat. Of A, what Scarecrow is doing, and B, that seemingly Ivy destroying the city was part of his plan, both of which were getting undercut here. Um, I guess part of it is maybe how it all ends up in the final issue, what the repercussions are, what the changes for Gotham City and Batman, what their statement is. So I'm happy to jump back on board at that point. But right now, I'm the opposite of you, Pete. I actually feel like it's getting a little too small, and I want it to go bigger.
1: Wow, you kind of talk. It sounded like me when I was talking about like the Joker Wars and how they just kind of glazed over that, and I wanted them to explore it more. Mm. Um, but uh, I, I do think that uh, I, I'm. It just keeps adding, adding, and I'm really hoping the payoff is going to be worth all of this. Um, well,
2: but I feel like the payoff's already begun. Like Scarecrow was undone sort of quickly in this issue, but it's been building up to it. They, they sort of cracked his code over the course of the last few issues, yeah. and I would I would say if you just cycle through this without rereading it and just look at the art, that stuff is really it's like like if you were to pay for this like separate mm-hmm. if you could pay for the separate yeah uh, art by itself. Wow. Like, what well, it, it would
1: be, be worth it, you would think?
2: Yeah, I guess. I don't know if there's a shorter way of saying
1: that. Oh, okay. Um also I want to talk about the backup is great and that uh you know spoiler but that uh, back girl hug was very touching. Mm-hmm. Great. Next up Radiant Black
0: number 9 from Image Comics written by Kyle Higgins, art by Eduardo Ferragato. Very emotional issue of Radiant Black as our de facto hero deals with the fact that the guy who was chosen for this Radiant Black shoot is still in a coma and what exactly he's going to do about this. There's, uh, not to give it too much credit, but a brilliant story device, I think, here, where it continually flashes forward in time Mm -hmm. so we get what could have been 10 to 15 different issues of Radiant Black, but instead of having to watch our hero try and fail and figure it out and fight all these different heroes, it just zips past that part so we get that emotional development. We get him coming to the end of his rope by the end of the issue so we really feel it. I I loved this issue. I thought this was absolutely fantastic.
2: Yeah, it's good. I mean, this comic is doing such a great job of being a modern Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Really, Ooh. like, taking the sort of, like, uh, with like Uncle Ben's death uh, Being replaced in this by um, His friend's uh, coma coma, yeah. And we get the, the big emotional moments Here based around that uh, That feels like it's going to become a formative Thing going forward from here when we Maybe we didn't have that going into it And just the like uh, we get to see Sort of his life and how It sucks in the same way that Back in the day it was like Spider-Man's life Sucks and he, <laughs> this is his escape
1: Uh Yeah, I mean, I, I this continues to be really impressive as a comic. Like all the different turns this is taking. Like every time we think we got a handle on this, it keeps uh, uh, changing and improving and getting deeper and better, which is phenomenal. But then I was a little let down by. I feel like a little bit of a sellout moment. Were big bath bombs. You really kind of just took a hold of this comic, and mm-hmm. we just became a commercial for bath bombs. I mean, I love a good bath bomb, you know, as much as the next person. But you know, I you're feel always like he's you know,
0: posting those bath selfies on Instagram, right?
1: Uh, no, no. Okay. I don't know what you love a soak. Instagram, you're checking out, but that is not me in a bath. So I don't no,
2: know. it's Pete. Pete soaks. Pete soaks. Instagram. <laughs> Pete soaks you're not. On Instagram, that's not now? you. No, that's, that's not you, me. It's your, it it's looks you, like you. It's you in a bathtub. Yeah. That's
0: not me. The Instagram no, stories are a lot of fun. Yeah. In particular.
2: Right. It's you, like, different, like, soaps and bath bombs and stuff <laughs> that you're getting in. You're, right. like, really You thanked sponsors
0: just last week. And you yeah. had a hashtag ad. I remember that. Hmm.
2: And huh. at the end you're like, you like, check out Comic Book Club, check out the stack. You really <laughs> well, talk about nice. all the...
0: Yeah. And you ended it by saying, just to be clear, I'm Pete LePage <laughs> 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 who lives in Pennsylvania now.
2: Wow. Yeah. It is it's a weird sign-off. <laughs> 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 it's like, well, that... well, you can take a bath anywhere. It doesn't need to yeah. be in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Yeah. And then you said thanks
0: everybody, in case my co-host Justin and Alex uh, uh try to say anything about this. Uh, this is true.
1: Wow.
2: Yeah. You did say
1: this is true over and over again. As well. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. That sounds like something I would do. Absolutely.
2: Anyway, ch-
0: check, out check Pete it out Soaks. at Pete Soaks on Instagram. Dirtbag Rapture. Number two from dark horse comics written by Christopher Sabella art by Kendall good. The idea of this book is there is a woman who has a ghost hotel in her head. There is a specific ghost who has kind of hijacked her whole deal and revealed that there's a world of angels and demons. We get a lot more information about that in this issue. Pete, I know this was one of your favorite books with issue one. What would you think about issue two?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's the classic tale that we've heard so many times. The story about somebody who has a ghost hotel in their head and how they deal with the different ghosts that live there. Uh, no, I, I really love this setup. I think it's so creative and so uh, really cool. Uh, the only thing I'm a little worried about is our main character. Hopefully, we'll start to become a better person and start listening to the ghosts that live at this hotel inside of her head because uh, she's in trouble. She's in serious trouble and she needs some help. Um, but yeah, I I'm excited for this. This continues to be such a creative, fun, uh, unique book uh, that it. Yeah, I think it's really delivering.
2: As someone who's been running a ghost motel in his head for a while, <laughs> I feel guilty. I should really renovate.
1: Yeah, Upgrade. you should.
2: I've actually been yeah. a
0: Ghost B&B. It's We only have about four rooms. Your reviews are them. horrible, by the way. <laughs>
2: They're terrible. <laughs> and I don't know why. <laughs>
1: just because we say no breakfast.
2: Yeah, yeah everybody wants, breakfast. That's yeah. Everybody wants yeah, breakfast.
1: People love breakfast. I mean, put out some Pop-Tarts or something. I mean, come on. I don't yeah, that's everybody wants. That?
2: This guy wouldn't even put out <laughs> some Pop-Tarts. Yeah, That's like, all open I needed.
1: A, yeah, yeah, just give me something. Mm.
2: Put out some Pop Tarts. A <laughs> phrase I've never said before. Uh, I like this book a lot. It is um, it's wildly creative, um, and the the sort of central conflict feels like it's shifting all the time. It's like angels versus devils, and in this issue, it's like they're all just random ghosts who believe. <laughs> some of them believe they're angels, and some of them believe they're devils. I was like, okay. Um, and there's a lot of like uh, back and forth about who's helping who, who's the worst demon. How yeah, we do exactly. this thing? Um, but I do think the, the central character is really fun and original. And I like the, um, I feel like the ghosts are going to continue to be a bigger presence.
0: Next up, Frontiersman number two from Image Comics written by Patrick Kinlan, art by Marco Ferrari. We had the team on our live show a couple of weeks back and really enjoyed the first issue of this book, which introduced a whole new superhero universe, all centered around a guy who was trying to protect a big tree. We get some riffs on that in this issue. How do you think the second issue followed up?
1: I I think it's a, it delivers. It's it's very creative, very interesting. Um, you know, you get kind of like like these shots of this evil kind of like supervillain overseeing this, but also it's like. A cat, So it's very creative and different. This gets uh, a little meta and a little crazy in this book, but and anth- asks a lot of interesting questions of the character and what's going on. And, you know, the common ground that they kind of find by the end of this is interesting. I, I did not, I, after the first issue, I did not think this is where the second issue was going, but I am uh, no. pleasantly surprised. This is very creative, very interesting. Um, yeah, the art style and the paneling and the just kind of like the way it gets uh, tripped out uh, is really enjoyable and very fun. Um, yeah,
2: this this book is written very confidently. Like, yeah. the it's written in a comic universe that no one else has seen before, but it's written as if that universe has been going on for like quite some time. So I appreciate that. And, and uh, yeah, the trippy stuff and sort of the, uh, the almost Watchmen esque um, confrontation these two heroes have, uh, or this hero and and villain have, are um, really fun. I'm curious to see what comes next because it really could yeah. go anywhere.
0: Next up, Amazing Fantasy number four from Marvel, written by Carrie Kyle Andrews, this is the second to last issue of this book, which finds Spider Man, Captain America, Black Widow, and a bunch of other characters in a very weird, very deadly fantasy land after they've died. And this issue has some big twists for Uncle Ben in particular. Not the rice, but the character. Oh, come on, man. How'd
1: you feel about this? You doing okay? No, no. Uh, This
2: book weird.
1: This book weird. This book weird is a great tagline, and I stand behind it. Oh, nothing else to (laughs) say. (laughs)
2: Okay. Justin, do you want to talk about this one? Um, Yeah, I mean, I really like Kari Kyle Andrews' stuff, um, especially when it gets gets weird. But this one feels a little bit – I'm still not – I feel like I don't quite have my hands on the central premise. It's sort of like these characters died in different time periods, went to this Mm -hmm, fantastical mm -hmm. world where you – if you die again, you become like a monster. But if you don't die again, that's okay. You're fine. Um, And Uncle Ben um, is there and he sort of is orchestrating this because he wants revenge on Peter for killing him, sort of. I like that idea of Uncle Ben being mad and wanting revenge. But the way this plays out, I'm like, it's just the fantastical parts don't – I don't have a a handle on them enough to be rooting for the the heroes to figure Mm – to get through it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. That said, some of the images are so fantastic. There's a thing with, yeah. like, a baby storm locked into this machine who's using Captain America's shield to power it. I don't that's know why the cool. machine is there or exactly what it's doing, but it looks awesome.
1: Looks I great. I like almost, the idea.
0: I would almost say, like, pick up this book based on the drawings that Kare Kyle Andrews has done and that would make the book worth it for the amount of money that you put out there.
1: Yeah, I I, I do think that the the kind of like fight sequence, especially like the uh, Spider-Man stuff, is really bananas. Uh, yeah, I mean, character wise and creative wise, it the the art really delivers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would anything you want to say about that, Pete? I I just think if you love art, you should pick up this book. <laughs>
2: If you love art <laughs> it's yeah. so frustrating. and if you love bananas,
1: <laughs> <laughs> the silver coin
0: number six from image comics written by Joshua Williamson, Chris Hampton, art by Michael Walsh and Gavin Fullerton. Another one-off issue of this horror anthology. In this one, we're meeting a video game player who was bullied Ooh. at the video game arcade finds the silver coin of the title and things get real horrifying real quick. I'll tell you what, this is maybe my favorite issue of this book so far. I thought this yeah. was what? so bloody, so gross, and so Ugh. good. Loved it. Loved it. Pete, I, agree.
1: I, I can't I believe you didn't issue. love it. I thought this yeah, was going is... to be right
0: up your alley. I thought well, this could
1: be... here's the thing. It's a little too close to home. This was a little mm-hmm. too close to certain parts of my childhood <laughs> and certain things uh, that I've done in my life. Uh, hey, you were found a, you that were... evil coin when you were ten, right? Well, that's the thing. I would have loved an evil coin because, well, it, I was just popping you, coins and coins and coins, and you know, you like, wanted an evil one. Yeah, you I were needed a playable, an evil one. You were a playable character in Mortal Kombat for a while, <laughs> for a, for way too long, way too long. Once you get stuck in a Mortal Kombat game, it is mm-hmm. hard to get out, guys. I love what I, love what your... I would. Do.
2: I, I I know, actually, because I played as Pete a lot. Uh, uh, was Pete yeah. versus Scorpion, and yeah. uh, Scorpion would be like, get over here. And then Pete would be like, it's worth it for the art alone. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> My favorite thing, though, was Pete's Babality, but we don't even
1: get it. Yeah. You that would that. make no. it stupid. <laughs> <laughs> wow. wow. Pete. That's not nice. Yeah. But, it's, know, it's at nice the start of the game, instead of saying ready, it just says, come out.
2: Come out. <laughs> uh, all day, er day. That's a fair amount of self-knowledge
0: the there. Uh, Justin, you talk about this one then.
2: <laughs> I love this book. This book is... Uh, no, there are not a lot of books on the stands that are harsher to their main characters that we're rooting for than this, this anthology comic book series. Um, and it's bloody. It's really well drawn. The stories are not just regular horror. It's horror where... Nobody wins in the end. Um, All six issues, I feel like. And this one carries it on, and it feels like a certain nostalgia for the arcade lifestyle that only a certain group of people have lived. Um, This is a fun book,
1: fun issue. Pete, what did you think
0: about the fact that Spawn was in this issue? Yeah, that was cool.
1: Spawn. uh, uh, Also, I, I just noticed Eastville Mall... Uh, a kind of a, you know, that's a, cause my, uh, mall was East view mall. So that's, uh, okay. wow. That's very close. Um, but yeah, like I, I can't even t- like waiting for the maintenance guy to come fix a machine that you are, are playing. I, you know, there's just a lot. The bullying was real in the arcade back in the day. This, this was a lot, uh, brought up a lot of different things. Uh, but yeah, the, the darkness of this, was insane. The violence is insane. Like some of these are more artistic than violent. And this issue was just straight up fucking over the top. Mm. It's interesting that you related
0: to it that way. I was kind of more on the other side. I had more of a Wreck-It Ralph type upbringing, where Mm. I I grew up in a game.
1: Oh, wow. Nice. That makes sense.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, Your parents uh, pushed you into the coin slot of a a video game when
0: you were. Mm -hmm. When I was little. Yeah. And, And then I was like, Uh, (laughs) It's-a-me. Last flight out, number three, from Dark Horse Comics, written by Mark Guggenheim, art by Eduardo Ferragato. (laughs) This issue, we're continuing the story of the uh, end of the world through climate death. There is a father who's trying to track down his daughter. Turns out, last issue, she doesn't want to be tracked down. She wants to stay on Earth, even though they're evacuating it. We find out why this issue and exactly what's been going on. There's some big twists. Uh, this is straight up an action movie in comic book form, down to just barreling past plot points as quickly as possible. It feels like, I mean, uh, this. I don't say this even necessarily with a slight, because I'm enjoying it, but I don't know if this is like, a comic book pitch that he's putting, uh, sorry, a TV pitch that he's putting in comic book form or a movie pitch or exactly what's going on here. But it, it's one of those things.
2: It does, It feels like a movie pitch that has been turned into a comic book. If I had to guess, um, because I think you're right. It definitely has that big scene moments. Um, even beyond a TV show where it's like a series of small scenes connected to them. It's like, couple little small scenes it's like this is the scene for this uh set piece area of the script um but it's good i I like this book it's fun the characters um we uh, get introduced to a character here and sort of see how his story plays into the main story and uh i I like it
1: yeah i mean i definitely agree with one of the characters kind of losing it being like the fuck man like people died and this is all about like your family drama and like your daughter, it seems fine. And like, why are we all here? Um, so, I I think it's it's interesting kind of setup. I'm interested to see like how it delivers on everything. Um, but yeah, I think uh, as far as a, a comic story, it, it's creative, it's fun. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely enjoying it, and uh, I'm looking forward to more. Next up, Primordial Number 2 from
0: Image Comics, written by Jeff Lemire, art by Andrea Sorrentino. This is continuing a very weird, very wild adventure, focusing on the first animals in space and what really happened to them. I would say, even though the story is really intriguing and I'm not 100% sure what's happening, Andrea Sorrentino's art is kind of where it's at and the way that the styles are flipped from one to another really make this the sort of book that I would pay money for in oh, a comic here book here store here and here buy.
1: Um, mm. This is interesting because it's, it's almost, I wonder if just the fame of pizza dog is kind of bled into other ideas. where are like, okay, what if it's pizza dog, but in space and we find out what really happens to animals. I, I love First off, the art and the creativity, I agree with uh, Alex, is really impressive. We kind of get a no, not a lot of water balloons. It's mainly just the art and the storytelling and the paneling kind of moving us through time and space here, which is very cool and very creative. I think also very tripped out in all the right ways. Um, But I just, I just reading, I was like, does this happen without Pizza Dog or or not? Uh, But... I think it's it's a very creative, cool take, so why not? Just to check, there you were know, this, is dogs. A, this is a real dog that went into space. Yeah, I know. Okay, all right.
2: Just there were check. dogs before Pizza
1: Lucky, Dog. I guess Lucky, just, yeah,
0: that's what I'm saying, is Lucky did not go into space.
1: Yeah, I know not uh, Okay. <laughs> I'm right. just saying, we dedicated a whole issue you know, to Pizza Dog, and it was like this POV kind of thing that is similar to this book. It's a mm. P.O.B. from the dog's perspective, you know, in yeah. space.
2: Pizza dog went to pizza, and this dog and Leko went to space.
1: Right. I'm because sorry if that me. was too wild the concept, Alex. <laughs> that you were just like, "Fuck you." I don't. But uh, no, yeah, those what...
2: those ideas are. It's a one to one. This book feels almost like an art uh, art book, art jam, uh, because there's there's very little story so mm-hmm. far. We get a little bit of this, this guy sort of investigating what's going on with these animals in space. Um, so I'm curious when that'll sort of Fakes snap together. In space. in space. That's what I was thinking. Didn't say it. Uh, but in the meantime, it definitely feels like it's about that just visual, visual washing over you. Next up, Lucky
0: Devil number four from Dark Horse Comics written by Cutlin Bunn, art by friend Galan. In this issue, our main character who has the powers of a demon but is not possessed by a demon decides to go to hell to find out what he can do about it and how he can get some demonic bounty hunters off of his tail. Uh... Another good issue of this book. I, I Like we talked about, the first issue was a little bit of rough going just in terms of jamming expedition in there. But now that we're into the run of it, I'm really enjoying it. And it seems like maybe it wraps up here. Maybe this is the end, but I'm not 100% sure.
1: I don't think it's the end. Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. But no, I, I, I think the 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 art, uh, the the just the kind of like character design, I love the little kind of devil that's on the the good guy team here and just like what an idea like if you're you need a ride to hell and the creepy ice cream truck shows up like oh my god that's straight out of my nightmares but i really think that the the art and the character design are just phenomenal in this book uh this continues to be kind of like tripped out and crazy um but yeah, the facial stuff with the characters, and it's just really cool art and character design. And I'm really enjoying the rap- ramping up of this, um, and I'm excited to see like how this kind of like how he gets out of this, because as we all know, making deals with devils is never a good idea, and they usually don't hold up unless you're Spider Man. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Um, yeah, this is fun. Uh, I, I I like the way – this almost feels like a reset uh, of, like, this is the team. This is how it's going to go forward. To your point, Alex, like, I think there is more. This is almost like the preamble uh, to
0: me. Well, I, I just looked it up. This is a four-issue miniseries, so this is the end of it. But I assume if it sells enough, maybe they'd come back yeah. to this world. Because like you're saying, there's definitely more story to tell. Next up, the Me You Love in the Dark, number four from Image Comics, written by Scotty Young, art by Jorge Corona. And this issue, our uh, artist and the ghost demon creature she's banging in her house kind of reach a little bit of a breaking point in the Mm -hmm. relationship. Things do not go very well by the end. This series is so effectively channeling horror. Yeah. It's great.
2: I, I really like this as well. It's spare- um it's very much like this is the story the dread you're feeling is what i want what we want this to be about and it hits it so hard uh, throughout
1: yeah i it's just this thing of uh i don't i don't you know i want this woman to be happy um and i'm worried about her mental state and what's going on it's
2: not going well
1: it's not going well but i i also uh, really want it to be worth it for her. You know, like these paintings that she's turning out are, uh, hopefully like gonna, uh, do well for her life or whatever. But man, it is just, you know, you start out, everything's great. Your demon that you're dating is, you know, fueling all your creativity, but you know, and, uh, and then it just, you know, Gets weird, you know, and I don't know who, if we're pulling for them to work it out or what's going on, but uh I yeah. don't think we're pulling for them to work it out. It feels like this entity is feeding
0: on her in some way. And just not to hit the same note I hit before, but we talk a lot about on the show how hard it is to do horror and comic books because it's a still page, but yeah. particularly at the end here, they so effectively channel the. No, he's right behind you. Yeah, he's yeah, right, turn yeah. around. He's right behind you moment, which is, is so difficult to do uh, in comic yeah. books, but they
2: crushed it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah,
0: great stuff. Last but not least, Orphan and the Five Beasts, number three from Dark Horse Comics, art by James Stokoe. In this issue, we are tracking down another one of the bandits. That our main hero is trying to defeat He has a whole crew behind him But they come to a town that has some delicious meat What is going on with that meat? Well, there's a twist there Which is super smart and you probably won't see coming But is as gross And (laughs) insanely over the top As anything we've come to expect from this book I I love this I love reading this book It's so beautifully drawn, it's great
2: This book's wild You won't see more eyes popping out of heads In a comic (laughs) than this one Everyone's stressed
1: it's yeah. This is just a uh, real fun, uh, you know, great art, great character design, and creepy enough in all the right places. Yeah, I think this is just uh, just a fun fun issue. I, I think this is like overall the art that, uh, that they're telling is great, uh, and it's fun to kind of see them stop the adventure for this issue to kind of explore this town. And, uh, you know, two rival meat places, you know, like, where do you go? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's I classic. mean, you live in
2: Philadelphia, so this yeah. has got to be, like, a right over the plate for you. Over yeah. the garbage
1: plate. Oh, boy. I see what you did there.
0: If you like to support this podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to crowdcast on YouTube. Coming out, we would love to chat with you about garbage plates or comic books or whatever you want to talk about. <laughs> Honestly, it's a bunch of nonsense most of the time. iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app <laughs> of your choice to subscribe and listen to the show at comic book live on Twitter, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, we'll see you at the comic book shop.
2: It's worth it for the price alone, fatality. <laughs> <laughs>